0: Welcome to The Inner Workings with Maddie Ridge, the podcast that takes a journey into the mind of the artist. Come with us as we explore artistic process and celebrate modern artists and their craft. Welcome to Episode 2 of The Inner Workings, a place for inquisitive minds. On today's episode, our guest is Tess Dubler recent graduate and now internship coordinator and digital assets manager for the School of Arts and Architecture. How you doing today, Tess? doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. So tell me about what it's like to work with so many artists in the school- Borland building. It, I mean, it's great.
1: Yeah, just so many creative people coming in and out of our doors. Every single day I come in and I don't know who I'm going to work with or what we're going to work on, and it makes it really exciting.
0: What has it been like to work with the interns?
1: It's been great, and I love seeing the projects they're working on in areas that I never really um, experienced when I was in school. I studied art history, so I was more on, like, studying artistic processes, but I never got to engage in it. Um, So getting to work with them on their projects has been really fun.
0: So you mentioned going to undergrad for art history. How has art shaped your life, and how do you continue to have it shape your life? Oh, man, I've,
1: I've always been... I guess you could say artistic. I I danced for 14 years when I was younger, and I never really focused on art in high school until my junior or senior year. I was always in STEM. I was in all of the chemistry classes, and I thought I was going to go for biochemistry or be a pharmacist or something like that. And then I I signed up for an art class, and I really got into oil painting. Like, oh my gosh, I love this, and I enjoyed the process. And so I got into that, and I was on the yearbook staff, and I liked graphic design. I mean, being from a small school, it wasn't graphic design that we know here. But I decided I was going to go to school for that, and then I took an art history class for the first time my first semester, and then it was like this is so cool, I could be nerdy like I was, but still be with art (laughs) and yeah so art has always been around. I've always felt like I was a creative person but I also like geeking out on stuff and like reading (laughs) books and writing papers. So coming to college,
0: was that what really helped you broaden your creative perspective?
1: Oh for sure. And I was kind of lost my senior year. I didn't, I wanted to take a gap year and all of my teachers were like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that because you'll never go back. So I just said, you know what, I'll go for graphic design, try it out. And I wasn't as passionate as some of the other students were. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to explore. I signed up for other um, gen ed classes and that's where I found art history. And that's where I could cover, you know, painting, sculpture, photographs, live performance art. And I could learn all of these things and learn to to look at art differently and appreciate all forms of art and feel like I could hold a conversation with all these different artists, but not specifically focus on one area because I like to learn about everything and yeah. like mm-hmm. do everything or experience everything. So I felt like, yeah, art history broadened my whole artistic view on, on the art world or
0: just like everyday life. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome! It's it's nice that you have such a wide variety of interns to work with and so many different creative minds. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So, you mentioned going to undergrad for uh, graphic design, and can you talk a bit about what the classes were like? It was very it was
1: very intense, and I said I came from a small school, so I had never used any of the Adobe Creative Suite. And the very first class, you come in and you take like creative thinking 101 and it was all cut paper so we were making greeting cards playing cards it's a lot of work and it's very it's it was a very competitive program when I came in so I just you know I was very overwhelmed the whole transition when you first come to school I graduated with 50 students and then was in in a class of 8,000 first-year students so yeah the transition period was very hard for me and I think just that program was was a lot for me, and the graphic design students, I have to give them like kudos to them because they're in the studio all the time. Like you walk past in Borland and there's always someone in there no matter what time of day in the studio working on a project or in the print lab printing something. So yeah, they they do a lot. And at that point I was <laughs> still trying to figure out what I wanted to do, but I was like, I don't think this is it right now, which is kind of ironic because now I've like looped back. I do more <laughs> like graphic design stuff right now or like um, media production, whatever you want to say.
0: You can't rush the creative process, you know? No,
1: it's, it's a journey for sure. But I think art history definitely allowed me to build up my skills and my confidence in what I do now mm-hmm. because freshmen – Test is completely different than <laughs> senior test, and that's what college is all about. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of the Portland building, can you tell us a little bit about your title here and what it is that you do it every day?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I'm the multimedia internship coordinator and digital assets manager for the college. So it's it's a it's a mouthful for sure. <laughs> but my I guess my HR title when you like click on my Outlook is multimedia specialist. So. I manage and look over like our for-credit interns, our paid interns who are going out and collecting um, digital assets. <laughs> so photos, videos, or like this podcast. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I help them schedule things, get events um, on our schedules, coverage for everything, and then I take all of these assets and I distribute them or um, archive them to where they need to go. Uh, so this is, yeah, it's a it's a a big task, but it's really sharpening my skills in some areas that I think I didn't have a lot of
0: experience in. This it hasn't been very long since you graduated college. This is a, a first time gig for you. It seems like a lot yeah. of responsibility.
1: Yeah, it definitely f- feels like that at some points, and it, it's very I don't know weird that I'm working with people that are my age, basically. <laughs> I mean, I graduated early in December of 2021. I should have been like a spring 2022 grad, but I stuck around after, thanks to Stephanie Swindle Thomas. And she took me on as just like a part-time intern archiving photos. And that spiraled into what I'm here now. I mean, I was working on so many different projects under her supervision. And when she left the college, they brought me in and we worked up and now I'm, I'm full-time. I'm very thankful for that. This is a, a big job and I mean, but it's so much fun. I just love it. Well, congratulations, oh, it seems like you. you really fit
0: in the role. Yeah, oh, thank you. How many interns do you currently have right now? Uh, so we have just over
1: 20 and about half of them, a little under half are social media interns. So they work with our marketing and communications team Uh, and one of their staff members is the supervisor. I mean, I look over all of them, so they can come to our workshops or they have access to our studio here. So if they ever need to be in here for work or just to work on homework, we make sure that they have everything that they need, that they can do what they love
0: and help us make content for the college. It really does seem like this college provides a lot for its art students. So can you talk a bit about what you think is unique to the Borland Building. What can the Borland Building offer that you think is one of the best parts of coming here?
1: You can always, you always have access to it. And we wanna make sure that students who are here for you know those overnight shoots and they have those deadlines that they can be here and they have a space where it's not just work, work, work. They can come in here. Like our door's always open and we will dedicate time to like sit down and talk with our interns and the art students and just make sure their studio time is a separate time. They can come in here and just, you know, decompress. They don't have to be making art. They can just sit in here and talk about their day if they want to, because that's an important part of it too, you know. You have to have the balance and you can't just always be going. You have to like take a step back. We have a fridge in here so they can keep (laughs) food. If like, you know, you have to eat because my first semester, it was like, I have to be in the studio. Oh, and I forgot to eat lunch and dinner. It's a lot when you first come here, especially like our our younger interns who are still trying to to figure out what they want and feel overwhelmed at times. Borland, they can come in and the staff here is great. They're so helpful in achieving, you know, your artistic goals, but also like professional goals
0: as well. And I have to say, sitting here in the Borland building, I am staring at a wall of snacks. It is a very cozy building and the fridge is perfectly placed by the front door so it is. it definitely does seem like it nurtures a creative environment. So let's go back a little bit into your pre-graduate life as an undergrad. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about what some of your favorite projects were working as an intern?
1: So I interned for three years at the Palmer Museum of Art so that's where I was on their student programming team under the, the educator for the museum so I had a lot of fun there. The people who work there are so, so awesome, and they were really interested in getting more students into the art museum. So we were, were doing all these events, and I got to go behind the scenes in the art museum. So definitely projects there were, were a lot of fun, um, getting to see that side of art history. I guess that people associate art museums with art historians. So I got that, that experience. But then starting to work with Stephanie, you know, I got to experience a whole different side. Um, we were we were doing a lot of different projects.
0: So, going back to postgraduate, as you are now, mm-hmm. can you talk about what what is the hardest part of your job? I mean, you work with twenty interns. You have a lot to do in the daytime. What what do you think is the hardest part of being test Dubler?
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> um, I think definitely. You know, the, the creative side is the best side when we get to go out and produce things. It's just, you know, the ad- administrative work, the things you have to get done. Um, but I, I'm a pretty organized person and I like organizing things. So it's not that hard to do that part. Uh, it's just, I said it before, but trying to find that balance in my life between like the creative and still getting stuff done. Before when I was just a part-time intern, Stephanie was still doing the real work, as I quote. And so we, we got to have more time just hanging out and, and doing fun projects together. So now I, I'm i finding that that balance where it's like, okay, I can't come with you guys this time. I have to stay back and, and do some emails. I have to do this, this, and this. Um, so that's definitely hard, that adjustment. But there's been s- some projects that... <laughs> were hard for for different reasons. there were some projects that that were hard because my skill level just wasn't there yet um i I started to learn a bit of like three sixty video productions, so we had some three sixty cameras and I learned to shoot and edit that footage. It just learned that learning curve and then <laughs> a funny story that we were talking about. We were shooting a 360 sizzle reel for the Greater Penn State closing campaign last summer. So we were going to all these different places with our 360 camera and I was just walking along. I had brand new white sneakers. I walked all the way across campus to the golf research lab and someone looked over and they were like, are you okay? I was like, well, this is my first time with 360 camera. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm doing all right. And he's like, no, like you're bleeding. Wait, and what? I was like, oh, <laughs> and I looked down and like my brand new sneakers weren't broken in yet. And I look and oh, I had a blister gosh. and it was bleeding all over. And I like... Oh, I'm so sorry. And I, like, ran to the bathroom and I grabbed all of this toilet paper and just shoved it down my shoe. So I was standing there thinking I was real professional. Like, yeah, I'm working on all these cool projects. Well, I was just like... It's just like part of the process you know you have to have some of those embarrassing moments.
0: You live and you learn. Yeah
1: exactly.
0: (laughs) At at least you can say now that you've put your blood sweat and tears into your craft. (laughs)
1: Exactly (laughs) yeah. More 360 stuff. I I worked with the Center for Immersive Experiences and we were working with um, the AG school so they wanted us to come out to this pick barn so I changed into, like, a, a Dickies overall set, and I had rubber boots on that they gave me, and I was walking through this pig barn with a 360 camera, and I loved it. The The piglets were adorable, but <laughs> it was just, like, those kind of situations, like, you can't really prepare for them until you're, you're in it, just, like, thinking on on the fly, like, okay, I'm in this pig barn and I only have this much battery life, what am I gonna do? <laughs> and these pigs are running around and it kind of smells. And like that That was difficult, learning, learning that kind learning of Learning how to stuff. embrace chaos. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and I also worked with the museum at Milesburg, which is a couple towns over, a really small town. They're really sweet over there. And I helped photograph some of their collection. And then um Stephanie had started a project the summer before I came on where they were making a documentary. So they had all of this footage and I ended up being one of like the lead editors on the documentary. So I spent all of last summer learning how to how to edit a documentary. So that was definitely difficult, but I got to hear all these amazing stories and we had a premiere for them and it was all it was all really sweet, but yeah, I never thought the, like fresh out of college. I didn't know Premiere Pro and I, I now I was working in it every single day trying to put together a, a somewhat nice looking documentary. <laughs> and then they wanted D V D copies because they only had D V D players. <laughs> and so we were we were in the studio and Chris Lee, studio manager from episode one was shout out Chris, shout Lee. Out Chris Lee. He was <laughs> he was with us burning CDs. We did it in, like, 18 hours, we'd burned, like, 300 CDs. Wow. Just in the studio, we had about, like, eight computers just burning this documentary onto it. So just things like that
0: it, have... It's fascinating to see the behind-the-scenes, like, what else has to happen in order for this piece of art to be produced.
1: Yeah, and that's something, like, I knew a little bit about just from studying art history, but when, you, when you're in it, you're you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what needs to happen. So it's
0: just, I have a lot of a lot of stories like that, mm-hmm. but it's great. So with all this newfound experience post-grad and working with all of your interns, what have you come to learn about photography? I, I mean, you said it's a learning process, let's get some things wrong, get some things right, so. Yeah,
1: so i I knew, I always shot on automatic with like my camera in high school. I didn't know like the settings. And I know photographers out there will be like, "Oh my gosh, she's on automatic! Like, switch <laughs> to manual." And I'm, I'm learning. We're getting there. But I think, yeah, seeing the more like artistic side of photography compared to like documentary photography. So I've, I've shot a couple things. I'm, I, I'm still learning. I'm still getting there. But I think, I mean, these are the people to learn from that are they're in class. They're learning and they're coming in here and they're like, "Hey." Can you help me with this assignment? Can you help me with this one? And I've been behind the camera, in front of the camera for them, and just seeing like, that whole process and how they light a scene or how they instruct a person to act in the, the scene that they're going to just take a picture of. Like, There's a whole, you don't just stand there. You have to like move through how they want you to look. So it's it's definitely very interesting to see their process. And I love photography. I love taking pictures and I love editing. That that can be controversial, but I do. I love editing photographs and I love editing video. So
0: a photo engineer, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful to see because art is such a social experience and to watch you learn from the students as they learn from you. Yeah. So in these shoots, I'm sure as we've heard, they can get a little hairy. Can you talk a bit about how you might help a situation that seems to be going awry? Like, how do you crisis manage a photography shoot?
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, sometimes people don't show up. So that's when you're like, okay, I'll be your model. Again, I'm using air (laughs) quotes. Or it's like, hey, I'll run down to the studio. We'll see if we have a replacement for this equipment. Um, Thankfully, we have a pretty fully stocked studio here in 27 Borland with a lot of backup equipment helping that way. And then I also, you know, I manage schedules so I can reach out to different people and kind of be like, I guess I'm their manager. That's what I call it. But like an agent almost, like (laughs) recruiting people to come in. Like if someone needs like, they're thinking of this kind of person for a shoot and be like, oh yeah, I know so-and-so who can find so-and-so. So just kind of that sort of thing. Thankfully, I haven't been on too many shoots that have gone horribly wrong, but I'm sure... They have to come at some point, so we'll see (laughs) if I'll be prepared.
0: So a lot of the work that your college does ends up on social media, and I know that you have social media interns. So how has your work on social media changed the way that you work in real life? You're constantly on the hunt for what could be
1: content that fits the audience that you're trying to reach. I know definitely we're trying to focus more on students in the college or reaching students who would possibly apply to come here um, now that we're in the spring semester. So I think definitely just taking a step back in less produced content and more authentic, like we wanna hear from the students. This is what their days like. So just reaching out to the student population, hearing what they're doing, what they're working on. Can we come film you during this one but we're not going to bring like lights, we're not going to bring the big production cameras. We just want to make a quick little video and you can talk if you want or just all of these different aspects that you go into. And when I was getting into like the documentary and video editing, I was looking into it, researching it. And they said you get like three to seven seconds to hook a person on a video. So definitely thinking that aspect of it as well. How are we going to hook these people into to engaging with our content?
0: It's great to see that there's so much diversity and so much support behind these young artists. Mm-hmm. So... Talking about some of this diversity, you guys seem to have a lot of different shoots. It's not just art, it's not just fashion. Can you tell me about some of those other shoots that you guys take part in, or those other projects? We sometimes
1: just shoot the art itself, like no person's involved. So you have like non-living things, then you have people or more than one person will go to the theater building and they're gonna be acting out a scene. So you have the lighting, the costumes, um, their placement on the stage that you have to think about, or we'll do student profiles where they come in for a more positioned um, portrait, like a headshot. All of these different aspects, we get to interact with tons of people. Like the College of Arts and Architecture has so many different programs. We'll get musicians in here, or actors, or we're filming other photographers. The the people you get to see and get to hear from and their experiences.
0: Um, it's really, really awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. This is a bit of a vague question, but, okay. you know, Tess Dubler, if you had to pick a dream job, what, what are you one day hope to aspire to be? I mean, you have a lot of experience with artists. You have a lot of experience working with management. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself going from here? Oh, wow. That's, I think I'm still trying to figure that out.
1: Um, I've never really, I mean, I've always loved to have a plan. And anytime that I've had a plan for anything, you know, things go wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it's like I, <laughs> I'm it just is. learning to be flexible. But I really, I really enjoy being behind the video camera. Um, so maybe getting into more video production and wherever that, that leads me. Um, we've also done some live streaming projects. So live production can be scary. Uh, it's very, you know, you have to be very quick on your feet um, and make sure everything is right because you are live. So that that's kind of exciting, but definitely maybe something more in video production. But mm-hmm. I don't want to say like, I want to go to Hollywood or anything <laughs> like that. I, I love um, being from a A small town I love the the wide open spaces so I think maybe learning how I could incorporate that maybe nature photography I always wanted to be a National Geographic photographer like that was always in the back of my head like oh, it's so cool that they get to like travel and do what they love
0: so that's a great we'll see that's a that's a good uh, yeah big dreams to aspire big dream someday (laughs) (laughs) so shameless plug You mentioned your art, you've mentioned the process of creating it. Mm -hmm. Is there anywhere that we can go to see some of your projects?
1: Yeah, so a lot of what's coming out of our studio goes on the college's Instagram or their YouTube, so that would be PSU Arts and Arch. Um, Our photography students also have an Instagram, which is PSU Sova Photo. Um, Those are really the places, I mean, I haven't started up an account for my own stuff, maybe i'm thinking about it but i don't even know what the theme of it would be because <laughs> i'm all over the place with the projects i work on so maybe someday i can come back and replug my own stuff yeah
0: well <laughs> and we'll
1: be glad to have you back
0: oh, well, thank you <laughs> well this concludes our journey into the artistic mind thank you all for listening and remember to stay curious I want to thank Tess Dubler for taking the time to talk with us today, and I also want to thank our musical producer, Saida Broner, for today's tunes. For more information on our next podcast, feel free to head to our Instagram, at the underscore inner underscore workings Thank you for watching. We hope to see you next time.
1: I have no idea what I said. Do I press
0: this down? I (laughs) I don't want to press the button. I'm afraid to
1: pause.